Today we're in Nashville, Tennessee, at the headquarters of Ardent Health Services to learn more about the innovative way uh, this company uses partnerships and joint ventures to bring healthcare to communities across the country. Our guest, Arden's president and CEO, David Vanderwater, has 30 years of healthcare management expertise to bring to our conversation today. He's been at Arden since 2001 and has even served as chair of the Federation of American Hospitals twice in 1996 and in 2004. I want to thank David for joining us today and start off by asking David to talk about Arden's footprint across many states of the country and the benefits that uh, the company brings to the health care of those who uh, live in those communities. First of all, Chip, thanks for uh, having me today, uh, and thanks for all the things that the Federation does. We, we appreciate all the hard work. Uh, to answer your question, we are a company of 31 hospitals. We are located in seven states. Uh, we have about 25,000 employees. Uh, we have about $4.5 billion in revenues today. So we're pretty expansive in regards to that. We have uh, been growing uh, most recently to kind of to your point in regards to a joint venture model that we'll be discussing today. Uh, and, and to answer the question in regards to what do we do and what do we see throughout, you know, there are common things that, uh, common themes that we see around the United States today. And that common theme happens to be that uh, being independent and small in the industry that we're in today is very, very difficult and complicated. And if you're a small regional organization, that complicates it from the standpoint of your ability to provide all the services that the individuals in your community are seeking. And so they're looking for different things as it relates to how to, how to do better, how to provide better quality, how to have access to uh, better systems, and all that is difficult if you're by yourself out there. Yes, David, I think you've, with your 30 years, you've really seen this uh, evolution over time. Can you give me some specifics? One of the kinds of things that you know, make it difficult to be a standalone, and then what impact do you have when, when you bring to a community uh, the economies of scale and, and the other uh, managerial and, and, and clinical uh, aspects of what your company does? Well, let, let's just take wh where the industry is today. Uh, one of the interesting things is, and, and Chip, you and I have been in this industry a long time, so we, uh, we're a little different than the average person out there. But today, what we're seeing are the number of hospitals that are closing in our industry at is an all-time high. And for you and I, we, we've seen it. I've never seen anything like it before. And generally speaking, these are smaller regional hospitals that exist out there. So that kind of sets the table in regards to that, because I think that today most people don't realize the kind of stress that hospitals in our industry are under. And they think because the Affordable Care Act was passed, all those things made it easier for hospitals. And the fact of it is, is not every state went through the process of expanding their Medicaid. And so all those things put stress on the, the, uh, the various states where uh, are hospitals in those states that did not expand. So that's, that's first and foremost. So when we come into a community, 
generally speaking, we look at the, the community from the standpoint, what does that community need in relationship to what we can provide? In the seven states that we're in, we have a variety of, of different numbers of hospitals in those states. And so we do different things, but it's very market-specific. So we're looking to that market to give us an idea of what does the market need. Most recently, or I'll give you an example that, we, that happened to us uh, in November of 2017, where we, uh, quite frankly, went to Topeka, Kansas. Uh, in this particular marketplace, uh, several people got involved. The governor of the state got involved. The mayor of the city got involved. The county commissioners all got involved, and the Chamber of Commerce got involved. That just t- kind of tells you the sense of urgency everybody had in regards to a potential hospital that had 1,600 employees that was going to shut down. It was announced it was going to shut down. And so the governor said, before you shut down, let me see if I can't find somebody to come help us. It just so happened that we had, we Ardent had looked at the facility sometime previously, and we were looking for a partner to go into it. And at the time, the individuals that we talked to, the organizations that we talked to, happened to be doing something else. But when the governor made the call, we were able to put together a group that, quite frankly, saved this hospital. We saved those 1,600 jobs. And the way we did it is through the partnership that uh, you mentioned in the introduction. But we figured out how to, to put something together that was a way that the operations of the organization were not changed materially from what they were doing before, but some philosophical changes did take place in regards to what we had to do. We wanted everybody to be on our group purchasing organization. We were taking them to our uh, IT system. We put some different ways that we do things. The corporate overhead that we have here, we, we don't spread much of that down to that facility. So we figured out how to co- reduce the cost associated with what was going on in that facility before we got there to where we are today, and the hospital is prospering today. And it really is all about, ultimately, access for patients to hospital care. I mean, because everybody expects that there's going to be a hospital when the emergency happens or when the baby's coming or whatever. They, they, I don't think people understand that the finances of hospitals don't necessarily mean that's going to happen. That's, that's correct. And interestingly, and, and probably more importantly in that, this was a hospital that was seeing 2,500 emergency room visits a month. And so where are all those people going to go? Obviously, quite frankly, in this situation, there, is, there was another hospital. There is another hospital in town. But to tax that hospital with all of this would have been a very complicated process. And the consumer out of that, the the potential patients out of that, they would have suffered in that process. So it's so important to maintain something. Can you describe the the various kinds of partnerships you get into and and what you're trying to achieve? In a sense, you said it was market by market. Give us uh, some other examples. You know, in some ways, I guess, you know, the old saw is that all politics is local. And I guess it's really true with healthcare in America, too. All healthcare is definitely local. Uh, you know, if, if, whatever community you go into, generally speaking, 
the hospitals in that community, if it's a, if it's a larger community, you're going to see numerous hospitals. If that's the case, uh, many of the hospitals would be on the top 10 employers in those markets. If it, the smaller the community gets, the higher up on that list the hospital becomes. Generally speaking, they become number one to five probably in regards to what's going on. But we have, we have several joint ventures out there. The one that I mentioned in regards to Topeka, uh, that wa- that is a joint venture with the University of Kansas Health System out of Kansas City. Uh, so they are our partner in that location. Uh, additionally, uh, we have uh, a partnership in uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico with the University of New Mexico. Uh, we are co-owners of our rehab hospital together. We own 51%. They own 49%. Interestingly, this was created based on the university coming to us and saying they wanted to create a physical medicine program and they didn't have the capacity or the space to do it within their facility. And when they brought the idea to us, we said, that's a great idea. Let's figure out how to, how to, how to make that work. And so for them, what it will be is a location where they can educate those individuals that want to go into physical medicine and that will be the location for the program will be established within our hospital. So that, that's number one. There, we have several, obviously. The joint venture we have down in Tyler, Texas, with the University of Texas uh, Health System. And now, the University of Texas is a, an expansive organization. So uh, it includes facilities and locations in Tyler, Texas, San Antonio, Dallas, Houston, all about in Austin as well. And so uh, in our particular situation in Tyler, they contacted us when a a system in Tyler was in trouble, and they wanted to find a partner that could be used to consolidate with their system. They had a very small hospital in Tyler, Texas today. And so we were successful of going and acquiring the nine facilities that this East Texas organization had, and we combined it with their one facility and now we have, you know, the UT Health uh, East Texas system uh, that we currently operate. Now, under that circumstance, we and they together are operating these facilities in a way uh, that we believe will provide additional care to the community, additional access to community. So the community did not lose any access out of the transaction. But what the University of Texas is looking for is another place to educate students, find ways that they can do what they need to do. And quite frankly, that is having access to patients that they can get educated from. Uh, and so putting this together, that's one of the goals that uh, they have. And we're, we're early into the process. Uh, we, uh, we closed that transaction March of last year. So we're coming up to our one-year anniversary. But they're looking for additional ways that they can expand their access to those uh, individuals and at the same time ensure that the consumers and those individuals that are looking for health care in the Tyler and surrounding area have a place to come and, and seek services. In addition to that, and I, I don't want to forget about this, MD Anderson's is also part of the University of Texas. And MD Anderson's likewise has a location in Tyler And so they reap the benefits of all that knowledge and capability located in MD Anderson's in Houston, all the protocols that are done, 
all that information is accessible through what we have there in Tyler. So, so what we've created here is a much bigger and better opportunity for those people in East Texas to access health care. Yeah, that's so important. I, I think one thing that people don't always understand when they're dealing primarily with their doctor's office or pharmacy, they sort of go you know, single file to each of those. When they come to the hospital, the hospital is very complex because in a sense, it's the aggregation of all those things. Can you talk a little bit about what it takes to put all that together? And, and, and you're in the business of not just doing that, but making sure it can be maintained and sustained. So there's- you bring up a good point. Today, I, I was just talking to, to, to somebody earlier today, and we were talking about the fact that when people think about hospitals, they think about that hospital bed in general. But if you look at the average hospital today, 50% of the revenues in a hospital are inpatient, and the other 50% are outpatient. And I think that gets lost in the the translation of what do we do every day. Admittedly, the the patients that are coming in for surgery and those kind of treatments obviously are going to be staying overnight, generally speaking. But in today's world, outpatient activity is is continuing to grow and will continue to grow, not only inside our hospital, but in facilities outside of our hospital as well. But the 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 hospital itself whether it's inpatient or out, outpatient, is just a, if you think of it as an organism that's out there and continuing to grow, we're always seeking ways that we can attach ourselves to other organizations that are dependent upon us. Medical staff, for example. I mean, we, we have large medical staffs, and that medical staff are uh, individuals that quite frank, uh, the, the physicians associated with our medical staffs are individuals that are looking for a place that they can utilize to the extent that they need to have their patients come to a hospital to have inpatient care. But likewise, to my point earlier, they're also looking for putting their patients in there for an outpatient treatment to uh, find out to, to do some diagnostic test. And so for us, putting all that together is to build the system, and it's not just one part. Uh, generally, if you look at uh, what we have, we have regional networks in every, loca- just in every location that, uh, that we exist today. Uh, and so we're very urban in nature, quite frankly, uh, but we have far-reaching capabilities with the physicians and putting those networks together. And so it's a, a compiling of not just one large hospital sitting in Tulsa, Oklahoma, for example. It's all the other services that surround that. So sometimes people will call it a hub that would be uh, uh, what we would have in Tulsa, and the spokes out there, whether that's physician offices, whether it's some regional facilities that we have out there, it's putting all that together to make the system work. I guess it, from what you say, it really is all about access to care and hopefully taking care of the patient over a continuum of time, not just when they interact with one part of the system. You know, you hear a lot of complaining from health plans about hospitals joining together, hospitals aligning. At the same time, the health plans have the responsibility to make sure that their members are assured health care. How do you react to the, to the health plan critique of the kind of uh, joining together that your company uh, is about in these various communities? That's really a good question, and, it, and I wish it wasn't complicated, but unfortunately it is a little bit complicated. But to, to oversimplify 
organizations coming together and simply say, well, consolidations must be bad. That's, that's just an unfair characterization that what happens within the organizations. That's number one. And number two is if everything was going so well, why are so many hospitals closing today? I mean, I think that is the more telling fact of what's going on in our industry. And so out of that, I think what people are doing and what uh, not the, many of these non-for-profit hospitals are doing, they're looking at a way to secure something to the community. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, some of these regional hospitals out there, they're they're in the top three of the largest employers in the community. So if, they, if they're gone, if they leave, if they stop uh, – uh, providing services, that impacts that community on a, on a number of ways. Uh, and so for us, we see the opportunity to bring people into our systems when we look at it. Recently, we acquired a facility in Pryor, Oklahoma, which is about 45 miles outside of Tulsa. And that, that hospital could have very easily closed if we hadn't have been there. Uh, but we saw it as one more step in increasing the regionalization of our system and putting us in a position that to the extent we already had physicians in that community anyway. Uh, and so we looked at it as a way to make sure that the community had what it needed in regards to the hospitals. And we had what we needed in regards to an access point for the physicians that we have in that local community, as well as being able to put it under the guise of a much larger system previously. I mean, for us, the reason that hospital wasn't successful was because it didn't have a closer relationship to an organization such as we have built uh, in and around northeastern Oklahoma. Patient expectations obviously are, are high about the care they're going to receive uh, to make sure that it is the state of the art. Is it more expensive to operate hospitals today? I mean, it, digitization, electronic health records, robotics, uh, it, it's not just uh, imaging anymore. It's so many different things uh, that now impact the care. What do you see evolving there, and how is that affecting the need for the the kinds of alignments that you're talking about. Well, is it more costly to operate it out? Obviously it is. Uh, you know, the, the numbers are uh, not the same as they were when you and I got into this industry. So we know the cost is up, but the sophistication is up as well. And I think that, uh, you know, as we look at what our physician population is seeking, as we look at what the insurance companies are seeking from a quality standpoint, and the most important, as we see what our patients are seeking, they're looking for ways to extend their life as long as they possibly can. And some of that's going to come through, obviously, the, the hospital's provisions of taking care of these individuals, whether that is a comfort of life and if that means a, you know they need a new knee or a new hip uh, or a new heart valve. Some of those things are, are going to be necessary for the, the uh, individuals to, to live a little bit longer. And, and so everybody's looking for a way to, to get the best possible care that they can get. And some of that can be provided in a smaller setting, but more and more, the setting, the more sophisticated the setting, certainly the more sophisticated the services. Sort of following up on my last question David, on digitization and robotics and technology and, and looking into the future uh, and 
and also, frankly, all of the pressures that uh, you know I spend a lot of time worrying about in Washington in terms of public payment through Medicare, Medicaid, and and the other ways that the federal government uh, helps fund healthcare services for patients. What do you see as the needs into the future to actually make the hospital uh, sustainable for the patients that expect it to be there when we know it's going to become more and more expensive? Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, that Chip, that's a, a great question. And I, and I think, first of all, you need to look at the identity of every organization out there. And so one of the things that we've done within Art and Health Services is really define what our purpose is. And because it all starts with that. And our purpose is, it's simple. We're taking care of people. And the people we're taking care of, the patients, the patients' families, internally, we want to take care of one another. Now, that said, you know, we look at five pillars that we measure ourselves and we operate under every day. And those five pillars are people, quality, service, growth, and finance. And each one of those impact what we do in our hospitals every day. As we establish our goals for our hospitals, our goals are established under each one of those five pillars that we have for one another. And so as we go forward, we continually look for ways that we can take one, each one of our pillars and improve upon it in any location that we go into, whether it's a new facility that we acquire or it's an existing facility, we have expectations that we improve in all of those every day. And whether that's on the people side, and the people side would be as, as simple as making sure that we hire the right people and we retain the right people. I mean, if we can just do that, you know, all of our managers would be super happy. Then on the quality side, look, that is what that's the the industry and the business that we're in. Quality is, uh, you know, that's the best business model out there. And if you provide the best quality, you're going to reap the most benefits from it. And so uh, it, it goes without saying. And it's an expectation that the consumer has in regards to what they expect when they come uh, to, uh, to your facility. Uh, you know, I'll date myself a little bit and say, uh, you know, I can remember being a hospital administrator, and I really only had to worry about a couple of things. Was the food hot and did the TV work? <laughs> That's how they define quality in the old days. That's not the – we got a very – well-informed uh, base of patients today that they understand mortality, they understand morbidity, and to the extent that they understand those things, you better be up your game a little bit, and, and more than a little bit, you better up your game a lot in regards to making sure that you're doing the right thing every day as it relates to quality. And then to kind of go to the the, the creature comforts that they're looking for from a service standpoint, whether that's valet parking, whether that is a flat screen TV, or just somebody coming in and saying hello and checking on them. That's that extra service, that extra part of that. That goes a long way in regards to what's going on. And then on the on the growth and the finance, they kind of go together. On the growth standpoint, making sure you have every service line that you possibly can do, and it kind of goes back to the strategy of our company. And the strategy that we have as a company is we want to be the most comprehensive cost-effective provider of quality medical services in a defined market. Sometimes I'm not going to be able to do everything. Uh, you know, the most sophisticated uh, heart surgery, I may not be able to do that. 
But the things that we can do within the confines of our hospital and within the area that we're supplying services, that's what we want to be able to do. And we want to be able to do it very well. We want to be very competitive. We want to make sure our quality is intact. And we do it where the individual making decision about should they come to our facility, they don't have to think twice about it. And then the finance side, we got to stay competitive, whether that's because the insurance companies are telling us what they're telling us or the consumers just saying, hey, I got, I've got a, a copay here that I've got to uh, participate in, and I would appreciate you keeping the cost down as low as you can. We've got to be sensitive to those things, and that's, that's kind of where we are in regards to what's going on in the industry. Well, thank you, David. Uh, this was really uh, informative. And uh, before we finish, is there anything else that you'd uh, say in conclusion about what maybe what you've learned from the partnerships you've developed uh, in various uh, places across the country where you've joined with universities or nonprofit hospitals or others to keep that access there for patients? Yep. So, Chip, uh, the, the interesting thing about being in business with academic medical centers, non-for-profit organizations, large teaching hospitals, we all really do have the same purpose. Every one of us are trying to uh, take care of these patients. And uh, tax status aside, you know, the, the common denominator is sitting in a bed or laying in a bed uh, or seeking a, an outpatient service. Uh, that's the common denominator. Our, our, our employees, they know what they're doing. Uh, the non-for-profit organizations, the academic medical centers, they clearly know what they're doing. And I, I just think it proves that we have more things in common then we have differences regardless of our tax status. And if we could just continue to remember that and always uh, try to focus on, on making sure that patient gets a good outcome, uh, all of us will be in, in, a, in a good spot. And I think that you know, one thing I'm learning is that, uh, that that commonality, we're getting closer together uh, today just because of what's going on in the industry today. Well, thank you, David. This is very helpful and good luck across the country and all the markets where you've got uh, new institutions and, and those you've been running for a while. Thanks, Chip. Thanks to you and your team. Thanks for listening to Hospitals in Focus. Please be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, your favorite podcast platform, or by visiting us at our website, fah.org. We hope you will share your reviews and tell a friend about us. Thanks so much for listening.